Welcome to the MDS podcast, the official podcast of the International Parkinson and Movement Disorders Society. Today, we will be speaking to Dr. Chen Queen Gao and Professor Ji Fang Guo from Shangya Hospital in South Central University, Changsha, China. They are the first and senior authors of a remarkable prospective multi-center double-blind study, The Sensitivity of Sniffer Dogs for Diagnosis of Parkinson's Disease, Diagnostic Accuracy Study. So welcome, Dr. Gao and Professor Wu. You're welcome. You're welcome. Very happy to speak with you today all the way in China. Well, very happy to. Excellent. So can you give us a summary of why your group did this study and what the study adds to the field? In the past 10 years, our team has been focusing on training dogs to detect human diseases, such as cancer. We also have been wondering how we can improve the diagnostic procedures of the Parkinson's disease. In 2016, there is a story came from the Journal of Lancet Neurology saying that during a superspeller who can identify the T-shirts of the people with Parkinson's disease from those of normal people. This attracted our attention immediately. Three years later, a group in University of Manchester published an article saying that they have found some molecules which responsible for the smell of PD. This inspired us to collaborate to do this study. And what has been added to the field, maybe it is more appropriate for Professor or to answer this. Yeah. Electorally, we have new tools to help us to make a diagnosis. Now, we have diagnosis taker criteria for Parkinson's disease, which was written by Professor Postoma and other professor, but it's too complicated and some difficult to remember for non-movement disorder doctors. These criteria are difficult to use in the diagnosis of area of progeroma Parkinson's disease. Therefore, those fields really needs something new, something easy to use to help the diagnosis take procedures. Now, one more test to use when they are diagnosed the disease. More important, our study suggests that Patients with Parkinson's disease do have unique smell. This pretty wide will may be able to develop the equipment to detect the disease and may find new drugs to treat the disease. I think it's, just, it's so important and so interesting. And I think I shared with you separately that I, I have a dog and I'm a dog lover as well. So the study is certainly of great interest. Can you tell us a little bit more about how the dogs were trained to detect Parkinson's? Is there also something unique about that particular breed? I saw it was the Belgian Malinois Shepherd that was used for this type of work. Yes, the method we used are very similar to what the police are using for training their dogs. I mean, the positive feedback method. We train them when they find the target will give them the food or a piece of toy to live to reward them. And the stages 
of the training can be artificially divided into three stages. First, the obedience training, just teaching them to calm, sit down, and second stage, teaching them to identify the tanks that contains the food, and the third stage to teach the dogs to distinguish the tank containing the samples of the patients with PD from those without the disease. After this, we evaluate the dogs. Only these dogs with the diagnostic accuracy over 95% are qualified to go to the clinical trial. I have to say to emphasize that in the clinical trial, the samples used in training have never been used in the clinical trial. And during the test, both my assistant and myself do not know which tank contains the target. So it's a double-blind study. Yeah, it's a very important point that there was blinding on both sides that occurred, but also that these were fresh samples the dogs had never been exposed to before and that they were clearly very highly well-trained dogs for this particular purpose already. So it wasn't that they were, you know, trained doing other types of diseases. They were trained specifically for Parkinson's before even participating in this trial. So about the the bread of the dog, Maninoa is a very good dog. It is very smart, very active. They like to play. So easy to train. They have very long nose. They have a very good sense of smell. So it's good and suitable for teaching them to detect something. Good working dog. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Can you tell us a bit about this concept of a PD smell, a Parkinson's smell, right? Clearly, as human clinicians, we're not able to pick this up diagnostically. Do we know what compounds are in the smell? What's responsible for the PD smell and how might it be different from other types of diseases? Well, different research groups in the world have reported something. First, there's a one in the University of Manchester. They reported that some compounds might be the metabolites of the bacteria on the skin of the back. But later, they su- suggested something new. In another group in Italy, they did very good work, meticulous work. They found that among 51 very important compounds in the sperm of the human being. At least 35 of them in the quantity, it is different between the people with PD and those without PD. Hmm. Until now, what exactly the compounds is, we don't know. We still have to study. Hmm. But that's that's remarkable that already we know that there's 35 different compounds that are different in the sebum of human beings between PD patients and controls. That's remarkable. I also learned from your paper that other things have to be taken into account when we're thinking about these compounds, things like disease duration, the medication status of, of the patient, the patient's age, and how these factors might influence the odor. Can you share with us about that, please? Yes. We studied in the medicated people and in the black naive patients too. 
Also then we found that the dog can identify the PD patients correctly, the accuracy nearly the same. Just to say the medication doesn't interfere with the detection because medication may bring some new smell to the people. The smell of the drug and it's metabolites, but the original smell of PD has never changed. It is always there. Dogs used these, the smell of PD itself to identify the patients, the samples. So the medication doesn't interfere the work of the, the, of the dogs. But ages may be a factor to have some rules in the detection. Because in our study, we found that the sensitivity in the aged people over 60 is a little bit lower than the general of the population studied. It is reasonable because the sebum produced by the aged people may be declined. This may be the reason the dog cannot detect as much as that in the younger people. I think it raises a lot of questions, and I think we'll talk a little bit later about the role of how the dogs okay. might be helpful in diagnosis. But I think the age, the age question was very appropriately raised in the paper and I think has clinical relevance for sure. We talk a lot about diagnostic accuracy of Parkinson's. And I was just wondering if you could share with us a little bit about how the sniffer dogs would compare to other pre-mortem diagnostic tests that we use now or that are being studied now. So for example, MRI integrity of the nigrosome or skin biopsies, et cetera. Yes, accuracy is really an issue to be addressed. In our study, the accuracy of the test is about 95% overall. So compared to the clinical diagnosis, I think it's really very good. But of course, we used the clinical diagnosis as a reference test or reference standards, not the pathologic examination. So the real accuracy of the test, we don't know. And that would apply to all of our pre-mortem diagnostic tests as well. Yes, the same for other tests too. Can you comment on the ability of the dogs to detect this concept of a prodromal PD? Oh, we're very happy to share about this. In our study, the dog has signaled us that in the control group that some people, the dogs say it is positive. And we tested six of them, five of them have one or another prodroma signs of PD. So just to say this test, the sniff dog test may have the ability to detect the people with prodroma PD. I thought this was absolutely fascinating and a very important point that five of the six people had features. I think you wrote that one had dreaminess or a suggestion of perhaps a REM sleep behavior disorder. One had some stiffness in the upper limbs. I'm not sure if that was rigidity that was documented by a clinician or self-report from the patient. Another had enlarged substantia nigra echogenicity. So there are perhaps some portable features that the dogs are able to detect in the sebum, which is fascinating. Yes, you're right. <laughs> We're happy with this. Very happy with this. Clearly very clinically relevant for us in the field, especially for the perhaps non-movement disorder specialists as well. Can you talk to us a little bit about the high false positive rates in these types of diagnostic tests? Yes, it is really something we were concerned about. So in our Chinese population, 
the prevalence of PD is about 1.7% in the population aged over 65. You all study, we have 4.7% in the medicated study population. And in the drug naive study population, even higher. So indeed, we have a higher false positive, maybe a false positive results. However, we have to consider, as we discussed about that, in the positive controls, the majority of them, five of six, they have one or another symptoms or signs. So in these positive controls, there are indeed some prodroma patients there. Another thing, maybe other factors may be involved in it too. Some other things like the environment factors and other factors we don't know maybe made the dog with some mistakes. So in general, there are false positives there. So we should not use the sniff dog test alone to make a diagnosis. This is very important. Yeah. So the fact that we probably have to use other tests and not the sniffer dogs in isolation to diagnose Parkinson's is a very important point. And yeah. it's, it's related to my next question, which is based on, on the results of this study, how do you see the role of sniffer dogs in the diagnosis of Parkinson's? How do you think they should be incorporated into the clinical world? Yes, I think this test is cost-effective, non-invasive, and easy to use. So it can be used in community screening and in the health prevention center. In some cases, maybe in the neurologic clinic to help doctors to make a correct diagnosis. Are you not advocating that we should replace all of our neurologists with dogs then, are you? <laughs> Surely not. The <laughs> sniffer dog test is just a tool like MRI, CT. Well, I can say it's probably a test I would certainly use. <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> you're, you're welcome. <laughs> we, myself and Dr. Go, we'll check ourselves regularly. <laughs> <laughs> right, self-screening, of course. Oh, goodness. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you very, very much for sharing with us the background and behind the scenes of the study. It was a really fascinating paper and I think will be of great value to our listeners. So thank you again. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. The views and opinions expressed by the participants in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the International Parkinson and Movement Disorder Society or their affiliated journals, Movement Disorders and Movement Disorders Clinical Practice. Any disclosures of the participants can be found within the episode description located on the MDS website. 